0: Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutela to Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show.
1: Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football. No sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The MHSA approves high school sports for the fall. That's the only piece of good news we got for you. 2 tell new 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you are enjoying yourselves, finding ways to stay cool amidst the rash of heat. It has come now officially, 90s plus for the week, so says the Jack Weatherman. So I listened to him uh, for sure on all of those sorts of uh, items. Happy to be with you. Thanks for being with us. If you'd like to listen live on your device and your home, wherever you are, out of market, 10290ESPN.com. You can listen live all the time on the website. The stream is available anytime you would like it. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You want to pick up your phone and call? Feel free, 361-3688. 361 3688, area code 406. And our dear friend Tommy uh, Evans wants me to uh, make sure I maximize this, make sure I emphasize this. You can text that number, people. Send us a text message 406 361 3688. You get your texts in, we will react to them. Um, we will get through, get to what we got going in the show today, but I just want to take a moment to say hi, Coulter. Back, glad back. to have you? Back. Oh, man. Telling you what
0: I gotta tell you man You are so talented I'm serious dude There's no possible way Uh, Here's the thing Uh, I uh take a lot of pride in this job. I have a lot of fun doing it with you. I I think that we entertain people at a pretty high level. Hope so. I could never entertain people by myself like you do. You're amazing. (laughs) Every time you go off, uh, every time you're going to be on vacation, I will too from here on out because there's no way I could hold a candle to the performance you had on Thursday and Friday. So thanks for
1: steering the ship. Stop. Stop with this. Those are kind words from you. I appreciate them. They're unsolicited and there will be no show on Monday because I'm out on Monday. That's great. Uh, We'll come back to that uh, later on. I won't promote this vacation the, one I, the way I did it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's only one day. Um, hey, uh, got a few things uh, for the boys and girls out there. Uh, first of all, Monmouth and Hampton, they will not be playing football. They're out of the Big South Conference. That is news because the Big South Conference said it will be playing football as a conference, but a couple schools of the conference opted out. So we'll get into that. As I mentioned, the MHSA has approved uh, high school sports in the state of Montana and basically... They they sent out today, and we're going to go through this uh, a, a a pretty thick packet that t- kind of outlines each sport individually. Some guidelines that they're going to operate five different tiers of you know places that you can be. You know what are, what do you do? Low, moderate, high for fire danger. They have colors for different you know ranges of things. They've done tiers for this for the uh, MHSa. But I must say, uh, it is put together. It's helpful in some senses. I think it's a little confusing in some other senses. But the bottom line is, as of right now, it is tier one. Tier one means that as of right now, there is no difference, basically, in terms of the scheduling and the games that are going to be played uh, than what was, you know, already going to be on the docket for for all fall sports, including for football. So uh, that is uh, where we're at in the state of Montana. I think that's a good thing. i uh, you know, in in general, obviously, everybody's happy to have sports going uh, and we'll see if if it can continue still a long ways away to get to mid september uh we're, we're basically two months out you know from from getting to that place uh so we'll see you know what happens between uh here and then but but that's where we're at as we talk about it today we also uh have baseball going on baseball is not going on in Miami, nor is it in Philadelphia because there was a major COVID outbreak with the Marlins. This has obviously been the big national story. Uh, We'll touch on that a little bit, but they're playing baseball Right now in the major leagues, the Padres and the Arizona Diamondbacks, 6-2 to two at the end of the fourth. Uh, actually, the, the top of the fifth now, one out on the top of the fifth. The Padres are up 6-2 to two over the Diamondbacks. So games are being played. There was baseball over the weekend. I watched quite a bit of baseball over the weekend. I imagine I was not alone in that endeavor. And it was fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the baseball, the fanless baseball, but it was baseball in any case. And I'll tell you a revelation that I had. That I didn't think I would have And it pertains to the 60 game season And my interest in the sport So we'll get to that uh, as well a little bit Top of the hour Coulter wasn't here la- at the end of last week We know Thursday and Friday was out That was also Big Sky Conference media days So we went through all the uh, preseason polls The all-conference team And all that kind of deal But Coulter hasn't had his opportunity to, to make a couple mentions And I know he's got some highlights He wants to get to on that So there you go And also Jamal Adams is a Seattle Seahawk This is a Giant get it would be a huge get for any team. I think it's an even bigger get for Seattle than it would be for other NFL franchises because of the role of the safety in that defense. But in any case, the Seattle Seahawks paid dearly: two first-rounders and a third-rounder to get an All-Pro safety in his prime out of the uh, out of New York. Uh, but we'll talk about that deal and uh, and the Seahawks. So there you go. There's the show this afternoon, Coulter. We do have a piece of breaking news out of the University of Montana. Uh, it is as it pertains to the schedule. They had already lost their uh, home opener against Central Washington because uh, their conference d- decided they were not going to play football this fall. Well, the other home non-conference game is no more for the Grizzlies.
0: Pioneer League, Pioneer Football League, not to be confused with the Pioneer Baseball League. Correct. that's prominent in Montana. The Pioneer Football League decided to play – Only conference games this year. I'm not sure why. Because I get the premise of most conferences going conference-only games. It costs a lot less. There's no buys or sells, as they would say. You don't have to pay a team to come or you don't have to get a payout. It's already on the conference schedule. You're going to share the TV revenue. Most of the time, the the schools are closer than what a lot of the non-conference games. So you, you mitigate travel a little bit, especially like a school like the Big Sky, what they did with their... Fall sports schedules with making it so there's bus trips. The reason I say I don't get it for the Pioneer Football League is the Pioneer Football League is a uh, it's a it's a non scholarship league full of private schools that have nothing to do with each other besides the cost of tuition and the academic prestige. I mean you have Jacksonville State in the same conference as San Diego. Right. You're not even on the same side of the world at yeah, this point, yeah, right? Yeah. You got Drake up in, in Iowa and then Moorhead State, who the Grizz were supposed to play on September 19th in Minnesota, th- there's no geographic uh, continuity, so that's, that's weird. But yep. I also think it's probably more than the, uh, the proximity or anything like that. I think they're just canceling the non conference to buy themselves time.
1: Morehead State is the school that is now not coming to the university they're scheduled to come
0: here September 19th which would have been the third and final non-conference home the the third and final non-conference game period second and final non-conference home game for Montana so as it sits right now
1: the Grizzlies uh, are down from 11 games scheduled to nine yep and they are down from six home games to four and uh, that's that's huge man well
0: in terms of the revenue
1: maybe or maybe it well, is. maybe not maybe not right Especially on the front end, right? I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it's not that big a deal as far as that goes. It is a big deal, though, from a football standpoint, right? I mean, if you're talking about, you know, without a sport that, that has a, a, a traditional preseason the way other sports do, the non-conference season is the preseason, and so we will, uh, you know, see if if there is a reschedule that can happen, if there's another team that can come in or where we're at with that. What do you got?
0: From the release, though, yes. after reading through this a little bit more closely, this just hit right when we went yeah. on the air. So uh, it says, Moorhead State Athletic Director Jamie Gordon has informed Montana Director of Athletics Kent Haslam of his intention to obtain a waiver from the Pioneer League to play Montana as okay. scheduled. Okay. From a financial perspective, I guarantee you, Morehouse State and Morehead State needs this game. I want it? Yeah. Where is Morehead State? I think it's, I believe Dakota? I believe it's in in Minnesota, Minnesota, across the border.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the Fargo, Morehead is is basically one city on the border, right there, right? So it's just is it, isn't it right? Th- this, there? Says, this says this uh it's in Kentucky. Oh, so it's good. It's a whole different one. It's a whole different right. deal. Okay. Uh, well, that's a that's a further trip. Indeed. That's a that that feels like an airplane right there uh, to uh, to get Moorhead State out to Missoula in that and that third week. So, but in any case, the Pioneer League canceling their non-conference schedule as a conference, like you said, maybe you can attempt to get a waiver. I talked about this on uh, Friday a little bit with Notre Dame potentially joining the ACC, and the ACC was going to make. Uh, Try and do something like where they were going to have a conference-only schedule, but only play, but but also have one non-conference game that they were going to allow teams to play. But six teams had already scheduled out of the ACC: Notre Dame and. So they said, well, if we make Notre Dame a part of the ACC, then that frees up an extra game for all those teams. And I just don't understand, like, you know, why you got to go through the song and the dance? Just tell everybody, okay, and Notre Dame doesn't count too. Like, I, I don't know. Why Why, why does it got to be like that? So, okay, they canceled the thing. They want to get a waiver. Maybe they will get a waiver. I guess we'll find out. But uh, that's forthcoming information as it stands right now. The uh, G- September 19th game, Montana-Moorhead State is uh, in uh, some peril.
0: I've been uh, I've been watching this college football 150 yep. uh, ESPN mini series yeah. on the history of college football, and when you analyze Notre Dame football mm. through the modern lens, it's under it's it's completely understandable to see why they have the prestige that they have. They had so much success for so long. They haven't had that that national championship caliber success really in my lifetime. I think their last national championship was 1988. But recently, under Brian Kelly, they've gotten back to be a you know. Top fifteen, top ten program made the, almost made the college football playoff. Did they make it one year? Who? Notre Dame. Yes, I believe they I made believe it one. They made one, it almost, one year, yes. but they, they've been like kind of on the brink a couple times. And they they've been pretty good lately, but they, I mean they're a powerhouse. They obviously have the money, the tradition. You know, play like a champion today. Everybody knows all the stuff. But delving into what created that, I thought has been one of the most interesting parts of this college football one hundred and fifty. People forget that. When college football first started, it was only the elite of the elite schools that were playing college football. That's actually where schools like the Ivy League schools first developed this autonomy that they've operated with pretty much for the duration of their history. They have the resources, they have this academic prestige, and they've maintained that ever since the late 1880s, and being kind of like, we're not going to play anybody that's not like us. But how Notre Dame rose to prominence is, is very interesting, because back then... It was only basically white elites that were able to go play college football, and Notre Dame did even the littlest things like letting people of Irish descent, Italian descent, play football. And then all of a sudden, they had one of the first black players, and then Newt Rockney, and then all of a sudden, you have the legend of Win One for the Gipper, and then Rudy, and you have all this pop culture influence as well. And Ronald Reagan's playing the Gipper, and you know it's it's just interesting to watch the evolution of the whole thing. That's like just a complete side note, but I just I thought it was fascinating because if you don't really know the first fifty years. You know, you know that Notre Dame was so good, but how did they get so good? What yeah, were the reasons behind happened, it? Yeah. And I thought it was it was striking, the, you know, the uh, the diversification and the removal of segregation from college football. That's the part of the documentary I'm at right now, and it's just fascinating to see just the the, the different little things and the courage that these kids had to have to go play in these realms. It, it's it's quite fascinating because it shows you how we've gotten to where we are today, where it's this giant melting pot that is one of the great social experiments that we have in America.
1: Um, it is interesting, too, that Notre Dame is one of those sort of original elite colleges. I mean, it, it could have easily become a part of the Ivy League or something right. like that. But, you know, their decision to be independent for the longest time probably allowed them to grow to the level they have. while well, those other schools, you know, have not. So in, in, in terms of sports, in terms of athletics, football, etc.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: It's two Teleganus, 1029 ESPN Radio Culture. Let's jump into a couple of things here. Uh, we could talk just briefly. The Big South, they are one of the conferences that said we are going to play football, but they've had a couple of teams opt out of that as individuals. And again, I mean this just goes to show, I mean, conferences conferences create a cohesion, but at the end of the day, every every institution and every uh um uh, athletic department is autonomous in the decision making that they're going to make if they can
0: as long as their conference says so and where we're at right now is almost every conference has said so
1: well but uh, i'm saying this is even going the other way like this conference said we're gonna play football and sure. these two schools said well mm, true, 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 ahead, true 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 true
0: true, true 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 true
1: yeah so anyway but monmouth and Hampton and Mon- monmouth who played the Grizzlies last year when they it, it was unfortunate not unfortunate the way it worked out was this: Monmouth came to the University of Montana. They got very little respect from the University of Montana. not the not the team, not the football team, but 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 the, the, the fans.
0: fans and the, everybody. But I mean, we tried to play it up, and you know, okay. even even Coach Elk was kind of like, "This team's good. This team's good."
1: And then they got boat race, like especially in the second half, they got absolutely hammered in that they, football game. They competed game.
0: though; they did compete. Oh, I honestly thought they were the best team Montana had played when we were at the eight game mark of the season. I thought Monmouth was the best team they played. I hadn't seen Sac State yet though.
1: But here's the thing. As it turned out,
0: they were. They finished in the top twenty in the country. Yeah, they won a playoff game, and were an outstanding team. But it, I mean, they, they won a playoff game, and they got a bad draw because they had to go to James Madison in the second round. But other than that, I mean, I thought they were. I mean, they were a ten-win team. Kenji Bahar was a is a in an NFL camp right, now. Pete right. Guerrero was a Walter Payton semifinalist. Oh. So yeah, they had talent. But the point is, I guess, is
1: when when they were in Missoula and Grizzly fans watched this team play, they're like, "Hey, that's a plucky, you know, team out of the you know from a conference that we don't see very often from the you know Big South or whatever." And and then it was like, okay, on to the next week. And I don't think anybody really took stock out of how good a win that was for Montana or how truly good Monmouth actually was last year. But now, in any case, backing up what was. An historically good season for their program, for their university. Totally. Now they're not playing football, so that's you know certainly disappointing for them. Hampton, by the way,
0: also out. I mean, by by the time it was all said and done, honestly, wouldn't you consider Monmouth Montana's second best win last year, besides Weber State? Um, mm, I don't know. Or, or Eastern Washington? I mean, yeah. but, I mean Montana. Montana had a, a, a relatively tough schedule last year, but Monmouth was certainly better than South Dakota. They were certainly better than UC Davis, Portland State. Yeah. They were better than – I thought they were better than Eastern Washington. Yeah, a lot of good – a lot of good yeah, – I mean, Weaver was kind of the only win that was bigger. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, it's a top 15 team. They beat a top 15 team by three yeah. touchdowns. So yeah. it's definitely a good win. Uh, this is impactful. We keep talking about just this broad landscape. This is impactful because James, because of James Madison. James Madison is the one school that has made a decision to actually go after a goal when it comes to making a schedule and playing a schedule. This is impactful to James Madison because these were a couple teams that maybe they could have played. Mm. Probably not Monmouth because Monmouth's in the Northeast. It, it sounds funny since they're in the Big South, but right, the Big South is so. We, we, we've season. had these, we've had the, this this thing that's gone on in, in the Eastern part of the FCS where you had several leagues that were first non scholarship leagues, then went to partially scholarship leagues, but then when Monmouth moved out of the MiAC, well, then the MiAC, no, they were in the American East when they move out of the American East they wanted to go fully funded. That's what has helped them get to this point where they are a top 20 program is they they expanded their scholarships. When they came and played at Montana State in 2012, they were a 40 scholarship team. Now they're a fully funded FCS team. So, but we've seen some, some weird movements as teams have gotten more funding, like Monmouth going to the Big South to replace Stony Brook. Stony Brook was in the Big South, even though they're on Long Island. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. But so JMU's using the Colonial. Right, but Stony Brook got their resources together to then move into the Colonial Athletics. So it's, it's just impactful because schools like Hampton, though, that is in James Madison's region. That is a school that James Madison could essentially buy to come play them if it was an option. And I know when we had Greg Medea from um, the Daily News Record in uh Harrisonburg, Virginia, who covers James Madison as a beat. He was saying that one of the potential schools that that could land on James Madison's schedule is Charleston Southern. So we'll see now with this announcement of Monmouth and Hampton saying no, we know North Alabama, who came here two years ago, when they were transitioning from Division II, they're not eligible for the Big South title yet, so I don't know if you're not eligible for the conference title, are you going to actually roll the dice and try to play a season? I'm not sure. A program like that that's in transition, couldn't you just... Just wave it, right? Like in a situation wave like this. It, right. Just say, hey,
1: I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying, you know, as a Congress, go like, hey, we, we we need a team. North Alabama, you're going to be in next season. Guess what? You ready? Let's go.
0: Right. You're in now. Totally. Well, and the, some of the re- the region that some of these teams are in, too, just the political environment is going to cater to being able to play football for better or worse. Yeah. I guess a state like Georgia is, is treating the, the regulation. The government influence on the pandemic certainly a lot differently than anywhere out west. Yeah. But then that means you know I mean such a double edged sword right when we're talking when we're weighing pluses and minuses of the of the pandemic compared to football scheduling. But from from a just strictly football scheduling perspective, Kennesaw State in Georgia, they're likely going to go this year. Yeah. It's worth monitoring that then because that could be a team that a variety of FCS teams, if they choose to make a go, could play.
1: Two telling new owners, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Bringing it back to the Big Sky Conference. The uh, conference has a deadline now to make a decision on the football season by Friday. Now, they've already moved the beginning of the quote-unquote Olympic sports to this, the 18th of September uh, is when, is that, did I get that date right? 18th it of it, it, September, okay. you got it right. Uh, and so that will be the first, start date for soccer volleyball men's and women's cross country as well as the non-championship seasons we know they, they changed a couple of uh, of the sport seasons where there's not going to be a playoff a conference playoff uh to uh, crown a champion for softball and for tennis men's and women's tennis so those sports right now are going to start on on the 18th as you know, as scheduled right now, golf can begin on September the 14th. Benz and women's golf on the 14th, and then football, like we said, uh, is is Friday is sort of the uh, the D day for a decision to be made, or at least for for an announcement of some sort. And look, the NCAA already said, "Hey, we're going to make an announcement," and then the announcement was, "We're going to wait to make an announcement, or we're going to make another announcement later. We don't know exactly what we're doing yet." And so, normally. I would think it was passing the buck. Probably there's ways to handle it a bit better. That said, how are you supposed to make definitive decisions on, on, on this months in advance? I I don't, I just don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know how to, you know, what the right way to go about that is. I think that I'm not alone in that. Uh, And so we, as, as we mentioned, we are working on, and I believe uh, hopefully we'll be having Tom Wister still on the show this week, the commissioner of the big sky conference. Uh, And if he is here, Look, if he's going to make an announcement on Friday, he's not going to make an announcement with us necessarily on Wednesday. That said, I think we will be able to ask some questions and hopefully get some understanding about what the process is like, how you're going about trying to make these decisions, what the decision making at other conference levels is in terms of influencing possibly the big skies, you know, uh, uh, you know decision making and also what are the unique challenges to having particularly the geographic footprint that, that the big sky has so if we can get him on, I think that would be uh, great and we're working on doing that and hopefully we can we can get some some answers and some clarification on a, at least a little bit of this I,
0: I don't I think that the big Sky and the Missouri Valley hmm. are they are in the most conspicuous situations of any league in the FCS. The Colonial Athletic Association could make the decision that they made because so many of the schools were already leaning in that direction because of their geographic location. Villanova, in the heart of Philadelphia, just they just truly can't have football games.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Colonial could have had a thing where the commissioner says, hey, guess what? I've already—nine athletic directors have already said no. right. So I'm not going to sit here and say yes, but hey, you other three schools, if you want to have at it, go right ahead. I mean, the decision maybe was taken out of his or her hands at that moment, you know, Uh, very, very likely.
0: And it's so tough, though, for the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley, because you have all these different factors that go into this. Some of the schools in the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley, namely Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State and South Dakota State, they draw so well that part of the equation is figuring out how to have games, but then also figuring out how you don't lose your butts by having games. Yeah. You have to figure out some sort of financial viability to make money while also socially distancing, which I don't know how you do at a college football game. I think that's why Montana and Montana State are both pushing so hard for people to just buy your tickets. Because if there's a situation where, say the, the situation where I do see football happening in Montana is if Montana and Montana State could sell eighteen to 20,000 season tickets for their home games, and have people be okay if you don't get to go to one of the games. You know what I'm saying? S- totally. Sell 20,000 tickets and have 10,000 people in the stadium. Yep. I don't know what the process is like picking which people can go to which games, mm-hmm. if it's a lottery or how you make that fair. I don't know. But that seems like one of the only viable ways to do it. But you have these schools that need money at the gate. But then you have a whole bunch of other schools that need money as buy games. Well, who does the Missouri Valley d- directly depend on more than anyone else in the FCS to get buy game money? The Big The Big Ten. Those games have already been canceled. The big sky lies on the Pac 12 more than anybody else. Those games have already been canceled. But now you have schools that don't have, that had buy games on the schedule that now don't have bye games. They're going to have to figure out a way to replace the bye games. Has the Big 12 made an announcement? The Big 12 has not made an announcement. But
1: I got to think that the Big 12 had quite a number of teams who had non conference games scheduled with both the Big 10 and the Pac 12.
0: Sure. But didn't the correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't the Big Twelve weren't they the first Power Five to pass an ordinance saying that we will no longer play FCS schools? I don't know. I have to look on that because I, be, I believe there was one Power Five because I remember it was controversial. So we're not going to do this. We're not going to do it. But then the other part of this equation is that there's several schools like Idaho State, for example, is supposed to host Northern Iowa, although Idaho State does not draw crazy fan numbers like. Montana, Montana State—they still do draw decent. I mean, I think they averaged about eighty-five hundred fans a game last year. Yep. not terrible. And you with Northern <laughs> Iowa coming to town. I mean, Northern Iowa is preseason number three in the country. Absolutely, you get ten thousand people. Pokey, <laughs> Rob Fennessy, man, was so funny in
1: the uh, in the in the Big Sky Conference media days last week, saying, "Well, we were thrilled to get a home at home with Northern Iowa. We knew that we needed. You know, we we got." We had six when we were six and five, we were sort of dismissed from the playoffs because one of those wins was against a division two team. So we needed we knew we needed like opponents. Didn't know they were gonna be number three in the country both times we were gonna play. So you know, you take you take it however it comes. Well, it's also super
0: funny because the like the way that Rob (laughs) Fantasy actually ultimately got that job was by leaving for Northern Iowa for two weeks. because he left for Northern Iowa to go be the OC there, and then former Idaho State Athletic Director Jeff Tingey said, Well Mike Kramer's at the end of his rope here anyways. We wanted Fennessey to be the, the heir apparent, so uh, we're going to make Mike Kramer retire, and then we're going to have Coach Fenn come in. And so that's kind of the way Rob got the job. He was at Northern Iowa for a minute, too, and that's kind of how That's also, among, among
1: other things, it
0: seems like how you become a former AD. Well, it, indeed. And that's, not, and that's not to say anything about, I mean, because actually Rob Fentasy's actually done a pretty good job. Oh, he's
1: been, he's been great. No, 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 no. But totally,
0: but yeah, no, totally. I mean, just you, like, you, you, know. for, you force the big human out in in short order, and it's well, it's just is, not good for the so karma. That not, ain't the only thing by any stretch. It's not good for the karma of the universe. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, but but back to all the things that go into this equation. That's why we're gonna we're not gonna still even though the big skies put a drop dead date on this thing on July 31st, I still expect it to be completely and utterly ambiguous. I think they're gonna just say. You can explore uh, uh, – here's what I expect on Friday. I expect them to say, we are not going to have a conference-sponsored conference schedule. But anybody in our conference can play whatever games they want, both non-conference and in-conference.
1: And by the way, the conference schedule does exist.
0: Right. And so if that means – so then it's going to come down to the communication between the ADs and the presidents. Who's in, who's out – what games can we get but it's so hard for anybody in the league to say who's in who's out because they need to know who's in and who's out from the Missouri Valley in case they get money over here and they also need to know who's in who's out from the Mountain West the
1: the one thing that i think that that needs to be very clear though is this if a conference says we are not playing football this year the conference provides a lot of things at football games specifically if i'm not mistaken referees certainly and 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 the oversight and administration of the game from the from the on, on field in that respect and several other items I don't I don't know all of the specifics that they are but it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you would notice if it wasn't there and right. now teams excuse me are going to have to you know come up with well where are we getting referee crews from are there yeah, referees right, right, right. that are willing to do it who's going to pay the referees to do it. And maybe the big sky is still, you know, able and willing to do that. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe home teams are already on the hook. Maybe that's part of the cost of hosting a game. Is that that is that you you know they're the ones who foot the, the the bill for the officials that come to to do the game. I don't know, but I do think uh, that the conference not the conference as such saying that it's not going to 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 do football is significant beyond ju- even if they give full. Autonomy to the teams to do as they choose. You know, I
0: think there's, and so I, I don't know what that would look like. And again, it comes down to schools outside of the league as well as within the league because you have to figure out a way to play. If you're going to make a run at playing an independent schedule, you got to find eight people to play. And it's not just if if Idaho and Idaho State, for example, are able to play against Montana, Montana State, Idaho and Idaho State also have to find other games. Both to fill, right. the fill the schedule, but also to fill the budget, too. The Mountain West is is kind of gotten completely washed over here because the Mountain West is the most prestigious league in the West that's not the Pac-12, but it's also not a Power Five, so it gets almost no national publicity. It matters to people that live around here mm-hmm. because half the schools used to be in the Big Sky. They're regional schools. They're rival schools, or at least used to be in a lot of cases. But there's been really no news as what's going on except for the fact that uh, New Mexico has said that football suspended indefinitely because they had uh, a huge rash of rising cases among 20- to 39-year-olds of coronavirus. And the other decision that, this is as of uh, the 25th, so I guess that's, what, Friday? As of the 25th, Fresno State has not reported back to campus. They are not having on-campus workouts, whereas almost everyone else in the league and in the West is. Now, this is, you know, this is just for fun, just to
1: talk about, Mm -hmm. okay? This is such an unprecedented situation where if you're looking for maybe, you know, something that could be kind of fun is how about some some home games for some big sky conference teams against some opponents that you would never otherwise have been able to get to travel to your place? Because if the Mountain West, depending on how that, you know, was to go down, maybe you got some Mountain West teams who all of a sudden... They they become the the big the big draw. Yeah. But they have to go sure. on the road somewhere to balance it out and got nowhere to play. And yeah. so all of a sudden a regional team, mm-hmm. say a Boise State, say a Wyoming, right, goes on the road to a big sky team. Is it is it likely? Certainly not. Who knows what likely even means. But totally. it's impossible. In, an, in any other scenario. sure.
0: So who knows? I think so much of it comes down to two things. First of all, it comes down to humility. I think that the schools that w- would be doing that would have to swallow their pride. Mm-hmm. But I also think it comes down to uh, what the, the climate in terms of the pandemic is like, where that team is from. Utah State is not going to come to Washington Grizzly Stadium if they can host any school in the world sure. in Logan because Logan's safe. Hawaii, however, might want to come. Anywhere yeah. to have a game. <laughs> right. Fresno State, for example, right. they're in a hot spot. Maybe they will bite the bullet and mm-hmm. share the gate or something like that. I I, can't, I could never, and so much of it goes back to the old the old rivalries and the bad blood too, right? Like, for example, Boise State will not play a home-and-home home with Idaho. They will not do it. Yep. They would play the Vandals twice in Boise, but they will not play a home-and-home home with Idaho, period. They would never do that. I. Because it comes down to the entire premise of their whole athletic department, right? Like they're the two schools that split from the Big Sky and moved up, and one went this way and one went this way, and I mean they would never swallow their pride to do that. Um, You know, some of it too is
1: what if you know what if a a Mountain West school can have games but they can't have fans, but a Big Sky school could have fans, and now all of a sudden you can play at a place
0: where you can split a gate or something like that. Sure, but the the Mountain West also does get TV money, and the Big Sky doesn't too. That's another impactful thing. Last
1: one. What about? Grizzlies, UNLV. Mm, that's an interesting one. Now wouldn't that now now I believe there is some connection between those two schools, <laughs> and it, I I mean I don't know. Seems like people could talk to people and see about putting a game together. Maybe meet in the middle, go play that thing somewhere in uh, <laughs> the desert, in the,
0: the high mountain desert, Nevada. <laughs> yeah, contact in Ely, ne- Nevada. Contact Nevada right
1: by the UFO superstations. Two seven one is one of two ninety SPN ESPN radio. hey. Out of the college ranks and into the high school ranks and in the state of Montana, that means into sports. As of right now, the MHSA has okayed fall sports in the state. They've put together a extensive document on it. I'm not sure exactly what it says, even though I have read it. We'll try and parse this out a little bit with you right after this. Hey, boys and girls, the silver slipper, they are open and they're open for sit-down service. They've made some changes to help keep everyone safe and healthy. The patio is open also, so you can go outside and enjoy the beautiful weather. They're doing weekly giveaways, weekly giveaways to local golf courses, so stop in and ask your bartender how you can win. Things are changing all the time, so like the Silver Slipper on Facebook for the most up-to-the-minute information. They have still. Even with everything going on? Happy people helping you out, the friendliest staff in town. At The Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks, over there on the south end of town. Online, silverslipperlounge.com. Go there for more information and stop by today to see why The Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your rounds started right. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at Westernbirch.com. Info at WesternBirch.com or follow on Instagram and Facebook WesternBirch.com. It's getting these days to get
2: up and go in. to keep moving on and on again.
1: From the text line, hey, Gus and Coulter, no fans were in the stands, how about Cat Grizz as an exhibition game at Narancha Stadium in Butte? I would just offer this. Whether it counts or not, there's no such thing as an exhibition Cat Grizz game. It does not exist. Sue telling the one 1029 ESPN Radio. It's an interesting thought, though. Revisit the old times? Go back to Butte, play some football?
0: Yeah. It is an interesting thought. The, the, the most disheartening part about this entire thing for me is that when you talk about all this stuff from a sports perspective, a competitive perspective, yeah. you can come up with all sorts of great, creative, awesome, fun ideas across the board. It would be great to have multiple categories games. That would be fun for everybody in the state of Montana. It would be great to have any sort of football whatsoever in any form or fashion. It always comes down to what does it mean, but then that's not really actually what it's about at all. That's the most disheartening part is that the answer to the every single question of why it wouldn't work or could it work is money. And that's the yeah. part that's, that's tough for us that don't work in the financial uh, avenue of this. It's just the reality of the situation. It's a business at the end of the day.
1: It's 2 one of two ninety ESPN Radio. We'll get into this MHSA stuff in a second. I have thought about that. I mean, we, we go way back, relatively speaking, within this pandemic, Coulter. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to text... Three six one three six eight eight. You can text us in questions, thoughts, all that stuff. We'll take those. Um, well, what would you know? Maybe Montana and Montana State could play each other four times, right? People talking about that. Maybe they play you know, home and home or whatever it is. You know that kind of thing. I I've thought about it a lot, and you know what I want? I want to play one time. Yeah, I want it to happen once a year. I want it to be the last yep. game of the year, and that's what I want it to be. That's that's what it should like. I don't know about watering it down or whatever, but it's just like, you know? No, you get one shot at that. This is the point. That's, that's, that's,
0: that's it, it. it. The point of it. It's one of the lures of football, too, yes. right? I mean, a basketball, playing a team twice is is fun. It's cool. You play them at each of your own barns, and mm-hmm. the adjustments you make from the first half of the conference season to the second half, that's cool. It's part of the storylines. All games lose their luster if they played multiple times in a year, let alone the biggest rivalry game. What would you think if you were a student athlete right now? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know because, like, you know, I ran into Sammy Kim the other week and and said, well, "You know, what, what? What? How you doing? You know, what, what do you think about all this, he said, man? I don't care who we play; I want to play." Mm. I think that's a prevailing attitude al- amongst a lot of people. But then I think if you really decipher it and, and pare it all down too, though, then do you though? Well, here is the thing: is you'd I'd rather play Eastern Washington than you would Montana State Northern.
1: Here is what I think: I think that they any any student athlete wants to play. Certainly. And so they're going to say, look, I I don't care. I don't care who, what, when, where. I want to play. That's fine. But also, I think it presumes the if we're playing, we're playing for something. And I think you could highlight a bunch of different scenarios where kids, if they were honest, would go, well, Maybe I will wait for spring if that's what it means to play in the fall. If I only got six games and then there's no postseason and then that's the end of my college career, right? You know what? Let's push this thing back and see what happens in 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 March. Um, I but but I don't know. Sutel so Nuwana's 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's time for our Farmers State Bank Prep Extra segment. You can download my card app from Farmers State Bank and then use use Zelle to send money on that app. And through the end of this week, it's the end of July, it's the 27th today. People got about four or five days left here. You go online or you go on the the MyCard app, you send money using Zelle. Every time you send $5 or more, you get a new entry, another entry. Every time it happens, another entry goes into the pot. And at the end of the month right here, they're going to pick a winner who's going to get $5,000, $5,000. It's the MyCard app from Farmers State Bank Online, FarmersEBank.com. All right, Coulter. So the MHSA has um let's start with what is the most pertinent thing they have said at at least for right now there is going to be high school sports in the state of montana and while there are certainly some procedural considerations that are being made you know gloves you know kids got to have their own water bottles that are only theirs there's not going to be sharing of water bottles and that kind of thing The competitions are very it's basically going to go on the way that it's gone on, the way that it's been scheduled to be. There will not be um, large tournament-style uh, uh, encounters or the tri- what do they call it, the triangulars where, right. like, Billings Volleyball comes to Missoula to play, you know, ev- all three teams play all three teams over the course of a couple days. Now, we're going to do one team against one team, and that's what it's gonna be, so it limits, you know, larger groups of people all coming into contact with one another at the same time. But they are going to play uh these games. They put together a five tier system that even even tier five, which is the worst of it, isn't a cancellation sure. scenario. It's a long term postponement, is kind of the way that it's been phrased. All that said, Coulter, I look at all this and I'm not really sure what to make of it, and I will highlight what I mean by that in one very easy sort of uh, an an obvious small thing that that is here. I'm looking at the MHSA football heading. This is just for football. Yep. It is called MHSA football requirements slash considerations. Right. It's not these are the requirements and then these are the considerations, Right, they're all in there together. There's a lot of language that says we're going to do this if possible. We're going to have this happen when it makes sense. I realize that they said we're going to have hand-washing of all participants before, during, and after games as much as is possible. Okay, like that's good. Except for there's no, first of all, there, I'm not saying there's a good way to monitor or enforce like some number of hand washings. Are you going to take a hand washing timeout? you know, where at every quarter you have to go through a hand washing station or something like that? And does that even make sense to do? I'm not saying it does. What I'm saying is the nature of what we are going through right now as it pertains to sports makes this very ambiguous and largely ineffectual, it seems to me. I mean, there's some stuff on the scheduling side that makes sense. Uh, and you can see, you know, if you're not going to have big tournament-style, you know, regular season uh, uh, events happening, that, that is notable and that is uh, uh, definitive. A lot of this stuff, always maintain six feet of social distancing while on the field of court when possible, I find that utterly meaningless. Like you're gonna huddle as a football team you're going to play football as far as i know that involves blocking and tackling still like that that is just a non-item as far as i'm concerned in a list like this so i don't know I, i i think that they they go they get together they put up together as many things as they can they put together about a five or six page document pertaining to all sports and then a two-page document can pertaining to just football put it out there and Mark Beckman the executive director of a- MHSA you know has done what you probably need to do and that's put together guidelines for how we're going to proceed but I'm just not sure if these are really guidelines or if this is just a kind of like we're going to go out there and we're going to see what happens because what else can we do
0: It's always Much easier to analyze things through the lens in which you see the world and the lens in which you experience the world. The life that we're living right now in Missoula, Montana is distinctly different than the life that people in Portland, Oregon or Los Angeles, California are living, to be sure we have huge advantages in terms of this pandemic compared to giant metropolitan areas. Of course. This is a giant metropolitan area compared to where almost every single high school in the state of Montana is. It's easy to analyze this thing through seven cities in Montana that have AA high schools, 14 AA high schools. It's easier for us to analyze that sort of stuff. And it seems as if the risk for those schools, you know, traveling from, having a high school of 1,500 plus kids, traveling from a town of 50,000 plus residents to another one, Bringing you know probably hundreds of people with you that are going to go watch the game, that's a, a lot more dangerous than when you know Chester plays. I guess Chester and Joplin are uh, are a, a co op now, but you know what I'm saying. Sure, District 14C West Yellowstone versus Sheridan. It's an 11 minute drive. Yeah, you already seen these people. You're already in the community with these people. You're already way more exposed to each other, but also way less. Uh, quote-unquote, infected in those areas as well. I mean, there's that's what's fascinating about Montana is you have the, the seven metropolitan areas, quote-unquote metropolitan areas. Yeah. And then when you're looking at the other classifications that aren't AA, you have the Class A schools like Frenchtown that's next to Missoula, Belgrade that's next to, I guess Belgrade's AA now, but right. Belgrade was once just next to Bozeman. you know, Livingston, right over the hill from Bozeman. But then you have places like Haver. And Glasgow and Malta that are just utterly isolated. Yeah. So I think that when you're looking at this, this is requirements. This is about as 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 broad of requirements as you can make when you have 183 high schools to try to make regulations for, and only few of them, even though they're the most, most populated ones, are in different areas. To me, what this what this says more than anything. All everything I read today was it was just making each. Basically, classification and each high school itself and each conference itself autonomous. So now, I mean, that was the number one thing I read is that each school and each place that's hosting an event should rely on their county health department. Yeah. And if you're up on the Highline and your county health department says it's open, whatever, we can come. You can have full attendance and people don't have to wear masks. That's just going to be what it is. And yeah. then people in Missoula probably have to have a lot different. Regulations.
1: Well, one thing that that I did go through in there is if a, a, a county, uh, you know, health department says it's you know we we're not going to have a game here or something like that during this period of time, then if there's a game that's scheduled that doesn't happen, it just goes down as an open date for both teams. But if there's an, a possibility to play and the team that would be traveling chooses not to travel, then that becomes a forfeiture. So in terms of the records and how those work out that's that's sort of the 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 line of separation there. Uh, the other thing is they spent a lot of time saying all of this happens inside the guidelines that are put together by the governor in the state of Montana. Right. And so so this is this is just
0: a, a hi- step it's a hierarchy. One. It's a hierarchy, right? You have yeah. the governor governor's mandates and then you have each county mandate and right. then you have each city mandate. And then the schools themselves. So
1: all right. Uh, What I got out of this, what I took out of this is that they're playing sports this fall
0: in the state of Montana. And, and, and that they have a variety of, of um, backup options in case there is some sort of infections too. I mean, like you mentioned, there's the five tiers tier two. That means a delayed start or interruption of the season that will be accompanied by non-conference games being canceled tier three, delayed start and interruption for a longer period of time start the season, mid-season is tier four, and then a long interruption that would then impact things like round-robin play, tournament play, other things like that. So the the beauty of high school sports is that it is just about the games. It's not about the money. Mm. The most convoluted thing that we're going through right now we're talking about college sports in the state of Montana is that it's utterly all about the money. Even if you don't want it to be, that's what it has to be. You have to make the money to function as an athletic department none of these teams are making money like colleges are. So that really is just about the community event of it all. And so I think that what what Mark Beckman and the MHSA did today was basically say it will take a catastrophe for us as a regulating board to cancel high school sports across the board. That's right. We're just giving you the outline so that as long as you feel you can conduct competition, you can it's 2 New 1029 ESPN Radio. This has been the Prep Extra
1: segment brought to us by Farmers State Bank online at farmersebank.com. Again, download the MyCard app. Send money using Zelle. Every time you send $5 or more, you could win $5,000 to be given away at the end of the month. Quick break on the other side. Baseball is back, and now it sort of isn't back, and now we're at a very tenuous spot. We'll talk about it next.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How we doing over there? Good to be with all of you.
0: Is that a subtle plug for the movie night on Thursday? The song, Tommy? Is it David Byrne? Is it Talking Heads? It is, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. This is, uh, this is Jack Stauber. Stauber? Nice.
1: What's the movie on
0: Thursday? Uh, it's the Talking Heads movie. Oh, it is? Yeah, you want to go? At the ballpark? Yeah, you want
1: to go? I mean, come on. Like, the answer to any time you ask me, do I want to do anything, is always yes. <laughs> and the then we have can hung, I do anything? And then we haven't not. hung
0: out since March. So that shows that you right. Uh, level of see, dedication you to our friendship. You
1: see me every day. My dedication to our friendship. 2 tell Nuanas <laughs> 102.9 ESPN Radio. Middle of the seventh inning. Checked out. Just moved to the top of the eighth inning. San Diego Padres. Four-run lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're up 6-2. They are 2-1 to record on the season. Arizona 1-2 on the season. That, eight, that symmetric inversion there is a result of the fact they've only played each other thus far. Uh, Coulter, baseball this weekend, you were... Just a complete and total rain cloud on this entire baseball season because of your utter lack of excitement and anticipation that we were going to have baseball, and then we got it. And I know you did watch a little bit, anyways. I
0: did, I did against my will.
1: So, oh, get out
0: of here! <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. What'd you think? I thought it was very strange not having fans in the stands. You don't think of baseball like the crowd participation sport that is football, where the home field advantage is overwhelming. And in a lot of cases, basketball. Maybe not as much as the NBA, but certainly in college basketball. But either way, just the reaction. One of the main parts of any sporting event is the reaction of the home crowd to the officials. Yeah. Whether they like the call or hate the call, there's always a reaction. And I noticed this with watching UFC as well. UFC fights have gone way longer than they normally would and I think so much of it is when a dude just gets hit straight in the ear hole the whole crowd goes oh you don't have that anymore so the ref doesn't have the ambiance of reaction and so then a lot of times the fights are a lot more bloody and a lot more aggressive but in this case with the balls and strikes I was watching the A's uh, the Angels at the A's and so when the A's were up the umpire was calling it pretty tight but you are used to You know, that that 3-2 pitch that's a curveball in the bottom right corner, you know, low and outside, and they don't ring them up, and the away team gets to walk up to first base, you're used to just the smattering of boos and not having that thought was so weird. One thing that I noticed is,
1: you know, generally I think we consider baseball to the the fans have the least impact, if you will, on on the game. But what I have found is that the fans in baseball – add the greatest ambiance about what is in fact happening in the game. Yes. Like in basketball and in football, the fans are there and they are loud and they are in fact trying to assert their will on what's happening on the field. And I think to some extent accomplish that. Sure. In baseball, the pins and needles of a you know, the bottom of the ninth, one run ball game, and and the nerves that are kind of accompanying with that, and the sounds that are corporately made by a group of fans that are in the stadium taking this in, rooting for one side or the other is not there and also like i totally agree i mean individual pitches the reactions that are there and the way that that fuels the reaction of players and managers and umpires frankly as well i think all of that is you're seeing the way the fans don't necessarily influence but are built into the fabric of baseball and not having that there is odd ultimately it's a negative that said watching baseball I didn't think was was totally different. I didn't think it was so bizarre as I think that it will be when we get to basketball in the bubble, which I think is going to look very odd uh, when, when we get there, more odd than baseball. And, I mean, at least in baseball, for now, they're playing in baseball stadiums. And bas- this basketball thing is going to look like a high school gym with a, you know— Fifteen reporters and the coaches. That's what's going to be there. It's going to be very strange. So that's the that's that's where I'm at. Coulter, end of the hour. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll try and keep Tommy happy. We're already late. I'm not going to push this thing any further. I don't want him to shut us down. Uh, when we come back, though, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Marlins because this is, this is a big deal, and I think this has import across all. Realms of sports, uh, at, at really a whole bunch of levels as well. So, we'll get to that right after this. We will also get into Coulter's reaction to the uh, polls and preseason, uh, all conference teams in the Big Sky Conference. Boys and girls, the Silver Slipper, they are open again for sit down service. They've made some changes to help keep everyone safe and healthy. They also have their excellent patio open so you can sit outside enjoy the beautiful weather they're also doing doing weekly giveaways to local golf courses so stop in ask your bartender how you can win that things are changing all the time so go like the silver slipper on facebook for the most up-to-the-minute information and still they have the friendliest staff in town and don't we all need a little bit of friendliness in our lives are on the south end of town still always about Great food, tasty beverages, and having a good time. Their Silver Slipper across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks, online at silverslipperlounge.com for more info. Go in, stop by today, see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets.
0: It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat